0: Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger.
1: Faster. Mama says that alligators are honorary because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey, what if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I'm ready for this my whole life.
2: I'm well, incapable of small. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes.
3: Hello, welcome to a late night dilly dilly. A little bit earlier than usual. We're trying some new times out. Thank you for joining us tonight on this edition of the Buddy Martin Show. We have lots to talk about. We have lots of guests, lots of information to pass along. And as you queue t- it up here, I see you're joining right away, which is good because we have lots of things to talk about. We got Special guest coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, We'll talk with David Moulton of CBS and ESPNU about college football and a few thoughts about other things, including Scott Frost. Scott Frost now saying he wasn't in favor of the national championship that they gave themselves at UCF. Hmm, Interesting why you say that. Uh, Also, David will talk about, about recruiting. Uh, There's two kinds of recruiting these days. There's the kind that you do in the regular recruiting season. And now there's this other recruiting that we've come used to, which is graduate transfers and transfer. And in the news tonight, I'm not sure how much of it is hard and factual, but among others, Quentin Cruz has called to my attention. Uh, I began working on the story earlier this afternoon to see what I could find out. About Ohio State's vaunted quarterback potential transfer, not just to Florida, but perhaps other places like Nebraska. But there is definitely something going on, although I'm not sure what yet, with Joe Burrow, who would have two years left after transferring. Um, He, of course, is the other quarterback. He and Haskins are sort of 1A and 1B up in uh, Columbus. I talked to some contacts today in Columbus. We'll share with you what we know about that. Uh, also, I've talked with four local people uh, who who I know, who know the football program really well at Florida. I tried to get their information. Uh, and uh, I'd like to say I have complete revelation here and all kind of news. But we don't know, but we'll talk it through. I mean, some of you are actually saying, well, who's Joe Burrow? Why well, all of a sudden is he like, you know, Tim Tebow? Um, a little bit about his background. I don't know a lot about him. I've looked him up. I've talked to people. Among those who would know a little bit probably is David Bolton, who will join in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll ask him about it as well. And then we are going to talk a little bit of golf. This is for you, Len uh, because this is the Players' Championship week. It's the major, it's the biggest event we have uh, in, the, um, in the Southeast behind the Masters. Uh, This is the state of Florida. It's a big deal. So we will talk to Tim Rosefort, NBC Golf Channel a little bit about that later on. Then we'll finish up with Franz Beard, uh, and we'll talk to him about his thoughts and what he may have heard as well. So a busy show. I'm going to get right to it. As you see, this is brought to you by CD Farms Florida, our good friends, Chris and Tracy Workman-Decubilis, who uh, are regulars here. They're members of our uh, elite. We'll have more conversation about the elite tonight. Uh, as you see, there's our contact information for CD Farms. They, of course, have a number of opportunities for you for meat, poultry, what have you, uh, where you can have your own grown there. And prepared there, and of course, they have wonderful vegetables. On a new program called uh, something that they're very proud of, uh, CD Farms Florida, and the CSA. Uh, the spring harvest is uh, rolling in right now, and uh, they unveiled their vegetable pan and clan a couple of weeks ago. And the CSA works like this you get a complete big box of freshly grown vegetables, enough for a family of four. For uh, will vary week to week and every week you get these and uh, they will get them to use some I'm not sure what you have to pick them up or whatever we'll find out Tracy and Chris can let us know Uh, and just think about having the freshest Produce. This is before he even gets to the grocery store. If you going to the grocery store, it's farm to table kind of stuff. It's terrific for the low, low price of 40 bucks. Contact information is on the screen. You can call them at this number 352 443 5533. Email him at CD Farms Florida at gmail.com. You can go on to uh, CD Farms Florida uh, on. Um, facebook and get information there okay we're going to start this thing out with david moulton get this take on i know a lot of you are waiting to hear i'm waiting for to hear from you about what you've heard regarding joe burrow uh in terms of what you know because i don't want to get any false hopes up here but it's something we have to talk about like i said we have two recruiting seasons now not just one the regular national signing day and the second wave and now we have this other wave I should call it of people looking around shopping around to Try to find some graduate transfers or some transfers because today, let's face it, the players, if they don't play, they don't stay. <clears throat> and here's a guy who calls, follows the game very closely. Uh, he, of course, is, works for CBS on college uh, football Saturdays. He also has his own shows, including uh, ESPNU, where you can find him regularly there, and uh, basketball and college football. He, of course, has his own program in Southwest Florida, a Miller Moulton show on Fox down there, and he writes a column for the Fort Myers News Press. He doesn't do much else, so if you'd like him to come do your yard for you and take in your laundry, he can do that as well. (laughs) David Moulton. How are you, David?
0: Well, buddy. I'm good. I'm good. It's been a busy few days for me. I just got back from my daughter's wedding.
3: Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations. What was the highlight? Thank you. (laughs)
0: What was the highlight? Other
3: than writing the check.
0: Believe it or not, I married a minister's daughter. Nice. And he passed passed away a few years ago, but Uh he used to end every wedding with a certain prayer. Uh Uh-huh. And it's quite quite special, and somehow, some way, uh, the, the people involved in the wedding uh, became aware of it and they incorporated that little prayer oh. which was at the end of my wedding and at the end of his wedding and all that and they worked that into the end of their little ceremony so that's it, cool. it was touching especially since it was unexpected
3: that's wonderful and you know I have a I have a book my great my great my grandfather and great-grandfather are both preachers and there's actually a wedding and funeral book over a hundred years old founded about 20 years ago and I've used that I actually married my son and his wife and my daughter's wife. I was the I officiated, it. and I've loaned that book out to others to marry people. So that tradition, that's a good thing, man. Congratulations. That must have been a special time for you.
0: Yeah, only child, for me, but to say. Oh, yeah. You know, she, graduated, she graduated college, turned 21, and got married all in 10 days. So, buddy, I'm kind of
3: she just like around. a molten, do it all at one time, time right? <laughs>
0: I just posted on Twitter I feel like that long time coach or general manager who after 21 years finally won a championship and has now been reassigned to the role of consultant. It's like I feel really great about what's been accomplished but now what do I do?
3: (laughs) Your work is done here, right? (laughs) Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us, uh, David, tonight. I know you uh, tell folks again about your ESPNU show. I know it's on. Uh, I seem to get it a lot early afternoon, the times and, and what have where they can get you. And, of course, uh, online with your Fox show as well, because these people all love college sports, and you do a lot of that.
0: Well, if they love college sports, then they should listen to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, get serious like and listen to Channel 84,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, ESPNU radio, because that's all they do. Uh, my only regular show is Sunday nights at seven o'clock, mm-hmm. but uh, I fill in a lot. Yeah, so put it that way.
3: Yeah, well, that's nice. Well, I tell you one thing: you got me listening to it. Uh, I actually uh, start out now. I mean, that, my 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 XM Series uh, radio stays on that uh, that channel when I get in the car because I even got where I enjoy Mark Packer and New Heisel and, and of course, Spurrier is on there too. And of course, I, I find I don't care that much about the NFL anymore. So for me, it's really a it's a bonus, so it's really good to have it. Let me ask you a couple of questions, because I'm going to talk here, golf here in a minute with my friend Tim Rosefort, you know, of, of the Golf Channel, about the players coming up, something you know a little bit about as well. Uh, let's, let's talk for a second. You probably haven't had time to catch up on this story. Joe Burrow, the quarterback oh, yeah. from Ohio State, who's – now oh, yeah. there's more than a rumor. Now that he's looking to to transfer, in Nebraska and Florida on his short list. There's a lot of things going on right now on Twitter, all over the internet. I've had people contacting me all day. One of my regular listeners here has, says he's talked to four sources. They said something's going on there. Trevon Grimes, of course, is a former Ohio State player now transferred to Florida. Apparently, is a source of some of that. Uh, I call my contacts in Columbus or two that I know, not urban, uh, and I, I got nothing. Have you heard anything? Do you know anything? And what do you think is going on there with with Joe Burrows? Joe Burrow. Well, I, I obviously, I have
0: no inside information because, you know, I've been a little busy these last couple of days. But in all seriousness, buddy, this isn't that complicated to figure out. You know, this is pretty much the same way, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, and even some of the other sports. I mean... <laughs> if you haven't played much, you need to get on the field. And this kid is still considered by some to be a kid who's got Sunday-type talent. But obviously, Ohio State's had quarterbacks lined up here for about four years. So he needs to get on the field. And he's in a coin-toss battle in Columbus. And he's talked to Urban, And clearly, Mm -hmm. Urban has not said, you're the guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's like, All right, do I take the chance, or do I go somewhere, and, buddy, you know how this works. They say to you, I don't know if I can completely promise you the job, but put it this way, it's your job to lose, which is a better scenario than the one he currently has. And I would think that both Florida and Nebraska would at least be prepared to say to him, it's your job to lose. Otherwise, they don't get on the phone with him. They're not going to eat up a scholarship and waste their time and muddy up their quarterback room if they don't think he walks in the door as the best equipped quarterback to play September 1st.
3: Yeah, and it's a cat and mouse game. We saw what happened in Alabama, obviously, with Hurt's dad speaking out. In this case, his dad has spoken out as well. He made some kind of cryptic message comment about the next, what's next. I think this kid graduates soon, doesn't he, in Columbus? Absolutely. Yeah, so he's going to have a graduate transfer with two seasons to play?
0: Wow. Yes, exactly. And, you know, you've got two programs here who both need a quarterback for the present and no guarantee that what they've just brought in the door is necessarily going to be ready to play in 2019 and you know what would be the worst case scenario that redshirt 2018 spend their redshirt freshman year as the backup to this guy and then it's their job in 2020 for at least two years that's a much better quarterback situation the one thing i do think it spells though and buddy this is not me confirming a bias of mine i think this is a clear statement by dan mullen and his staff that felipe franks is not the answer Mm. We are prepared to go in any direction except that one. I mean, there's no reason they even get involved with a quarterback graduate transfer. If they think at all that Felipe Franks is the answer. I mean, I do think that's a conclusion that we can come to.
3: Hmm. I, my contacts up in, um, in the Columbus, one of them who works for a publication, said, uh, um, he said the word they had gotten is, Amory Jones wasn't ready to play. And Florida wasn't happy with what happened with him. Mullen has a great reputation as a quarterback guru, so there's a lot of things that make sense, he says. I did hear Joe Burrow's name uh, come up on oh, this past Sunday. This guy named Green who's putting this word out, too, but one of the ones that people are quoting from 247 Sports says uh, there's a lot of speculation about uh, Burrow possibly heading to Nebraska when Scott Frost, Burrow's father, Jimmy Burrow, posted a photo from his son's graduation over the weekend with a caption on to the next challenge. Naturally, it caused a lot of stirring speculation among Ohio State friends. So that's where it's coming from. That's one of the things that's going on right now. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's strange. So there is this cat-and-mouse game, as we saw in Tuscaloosa. And there's going to be – here's the other thing. How many quarterbacks can you have on the roster? I just talked to one of, your, one of my colleagues today who told me that Felipe Franks, he predicted, to be the All-SEC quarterback. And that would be Mike Bianchi in Orlando. So this morning on our morning show, he'll be the All-SEC quarterback. Okay? So, anyway. Well, I I
0: like – I love Mike Bianchi, Mm -hmm. and he's clearly one of the three best columnists in the state and has been for 20 years. Mm -hmm. But he needs to be drug tested, okay? (laughs) Especially this year in the SEC Mm -hmm. when there's actually quarterbacks in the conference Mm -hmm. this year. Some years there haven't been recently. This year, there's actually quarterbacks in the conference.
3: Has anybody seen Burrows on film? I have not. I didn't see him in the spring game. I know he looks good in the uniform. It looks it looks really good. No, he has he's, big he's numbers he's in high school, but I don't know. Yeah. he's played in what ten games or something uh, so far in two thousand sixteen. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and thrown about what thirty passes. Yeah, about thirty passes. Right. So yeah, I mean, anyway, it could be much ado about nothing, or it could be something. Right. All right,
0: but, but, but Buddy, think Buddy, hold on. Yes. Think about it though. Think about it. Okay, Dan, Dan Mullen. I mean, clearly there's some bear there. And the Gators are at least heavily pursuing this kid who's thrown 30 passes, as opposed to the kid that they just got to look at for four months, who threw, what, 200 passes? Yeah. I mean, it it, it at least tells you that they aren't real crazy about what it is they're going to be opening up this season with the way it stands now.
3: All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I, I think you can get to a point of point of diminishing returns, as uh, somebody pointed out today. There was one from quarter, quarterback from Notre Dame who transferred. And everybody side last year, and he didn't quite live up to exactly. It, right? So you no, never no, know.
0: No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. No doubt about uh, it. Now I will say that kid, and this is something that we need to look into, buddy. Is you know, I never thought he was a good transfer because I didn't think his skill set fit Mackolane system. Yeah. All right, so this is another one in which, is this guy just a thrower, or can he at least right. run the ball a little bit? Because Dan requires his quarterbacks to at least have a bit right. of a power running short yardage mechanism. Right.
3: To. You're absolutely correct. Okay, i got about three minutes here, and I'm going to get this in if I can. Uh, one of them, I want you to give me an assessment. I asked Bianchi you this this morning, of the how crowded this state is getting now. With all the coaches, we've talked about this a lot on this show. We know about, obviously, Taggart in Tallahassee. A lot of people think he's had a great recruiting uh, season. We know Mullen's made a lot of progress, certainly. Uh, We know uh, Charlie Strong's doing well. And the the new coach, uh, Heifel, is walking into a pretty good situation there, left behind by uh, a guy who, by the way, made some people unhappy today, Scott Frost. Who came out this weekend and said, well, he really wasn't in favor of the mythical national championship. That's kind of a backhand slap. And then, you, of course, you got, you, you got guys like, uh, Butch Davis still down at FIU. And you, you, and you, and you've got, uh, uh, um, Kiffin, Kiffin at FAU. So you got a lot of good co- coaches in the state. And there's a lot of player wise, 15 million people in Florida and a lot of good players. But the question is, you know, uh, it's getting awfully crowded out there for the, the good players. How much is this going to factor in, and who's going to be the loser in this?
0: Well, all right, let's look at the coaches that we think are only short-term. I don't think anybody thinks Lane is long-term. You know, the word on the street is is that Charlie Strong wants to get a Power 5 job as soon as possible. Wait, Lane he, just signed a 10-year uh,
3: contract, didn't he?
0: Well, yeah, come on. Dude.
3: Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he did.
0: i <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, he, okay, he's there for ten years yeah. and he can't find anything right. else. Well, come on.
3: I'm, I'm I mean, just saying he did. Do, so.
0: do you think? Put it this way: In 2020, do you think Lane Kiffin will be at FAU? No. I don't either. No, and I don't think Charlie Strong will be at USF in 2020. No, I'm not sure about either, that. I'm not so street. sure. It's well, well, a bad place I... to
3: wind up. You know what I'm saying? I think that's yeah, got the school's got long-term potential. Anyway, okay, I get your point. Go ahead
0: no 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 but I'm just saying that's the word on the street yeah. whether that's negative recruiting or what yeah. right. the word on the street is that Charlie's trying to get back into Power 5 right. game right. and so whereas I think Taggart is long term I think Colin right. is long term I think Rick is long term I think Rich Davis at FIU is long term mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. we'll you know, we'll see about Josh over at UCF yeah. so you know I would bet on the guys at the programs that were pretty sure that unless they fail they're probably going to be there in 2025 and
3: beyond. Right. Okay, i got 30 seconds. I want to get this in. Give me your pick for the Players' Championship.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, Matt Couture.
3: Matt Couture. He hasn't been playing very well lately. He's been consistent, no. though. I'll say that. All right. Matt Couture. Know, all right. I, I, all right. I'm not going to knock just, your choices. Just, thrown, Good. just Good. throwing it out there. That's, that's, that's all right. That's all right. Matt Couture, All right. Uh, It looks like uh, Philly Mick is playing pretty good right now. He's getting a little long in the tooth, but boy, uh, I guess the uh, the favorites are McIlroy, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, and Dustin Johnson. Those are the ones that are getting the play in terms of Vegas and stuff. Uh, That
0: would have been too easy,
3: though. Come on. No, I like your pick. I like your pick. Nothing wrong with it. All right. David, as always, congratulations on the wedding and your daughter and everything else, and uh, keep up the good work, my friend, okay? to talk to you soon. appreciate it very much David Moulton <clears throat> from down in uh, Southwest Florida I uh, want to get this in before we talk to Tim um, tell you about Center State Bank you see on the screen here uh, they're uh, my bank uh, one that you want to check out they have a lot of locations in Florida in fact 82 locations in 30 Florida counties uh, and they're the seventh largest bank in Florida. Uh formerly the Gateway Bank in Ocala now, of course, is now Center State Bank. Their slogans uh, centered on community and customer service. Not just words, but words to do business by and live by. They, they make it no secret of their core values, which are world-class service, long-term vision and horizon, locally driven in their marketplace, relationship banking, and faith and family. So if you don't know about them, check them out. Go online and go to uh, Center State bank.com and check out a location near you here in Ocala. My bank is over at Silver Springs, Silver Springs Boulevard. Uh, you can call them at 352-368-6800. Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. All right, we're going to see if we can get a hold of our friend now and hook up with uh, Tim. Tim Tim Roosevelt is one of my favorite people, not just uh, – not just a favorite golf guy but a favorite guy uh because he is uh he's knowledgeable he covered a lot of sports in his day that weren't wasn't golf but he got so so good with the golf that he uh he went full time with nbc and now he's been doing this a while he knows the game he does good stories he reports the golf and uh he is uh, he, he does he, he like i like the fact that he uh, he makes it a point to um, to, to flush the story out and tell the complete story and give me the backstory and talk to the caddies. And when you talk about getting into a tournament like the Players' Championship, certainly that's one that you hey, want buddy. to be able to do. Tim, how you Hello. doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? <clears throat> I'm good. I was just bragging on you when you answered the phone. We're here. We, uh, we go right live as soon as you pick up on Skype. Uh, but thank you for taking a minute to talk. It's a big event this week, as I said earlier. You know, it's not it's not just the biggest tournament in Florida. It's one of the biggest in the country and the world. And we all know the story of the field, you know, and what this tournament has become over the vision of Dean Beeman and Jack Nichols and others who made this what it was, the players. And you've covered a whole bunch of them. And uh, without getting into a long dissertation about the players, uh, does it feel the same to you in May? Because it still doesn't feel the same to me.
4: Well, you won't have to worry about it, buddy, because next year we'll be going back to March. Well, that's right, we are. It won't do matter remember.
3: anymore, right? Yeah. That's why I was thinking about that. Yes, I do remember that story now. You like that?
4: Well, you know, I'm sort of indifferent to it. I like it either way. I think the, the tournament stands alone, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 with its own identity, whether it's I'm, – I'm, I'm a sort of a traditionalist. I think a you know, major should come in fours. It's a grand slam, not a grand six-tuple or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the five is then so you know i'm going to kind of dig in on that but same time awesome tournament love covering it only missed one since they went to sawgrass you know and go back to the days when it was played across the street at um, uh, on the ocean, there, mm-hmm. uh, right
3: there inside you know, the, the. late you know, Ed C. built that golf course. Ed C. was one of my college buddies, and uh, we lived in the attic of the Pine House, and he built that that ah. course over there, the original Sawgrass. and that Sawgrass. Bit, yeah, go,
2: sawgrass. a The famous,
3: a famous tournament where the wind blew like 150 miles an hour and everybody shot in the 80s and all that stuff. That was, yeah. uh, I wasn't there for that one. I was there the next year, though. It's quite a story. So. Uh, well, they had, some
4: good, they had some really good finish, finishes there. I, I remember following, I worked around with
2: uh-huh.
3: Trevino
4: one year, and, you know, when it was in Suggard, they, and then they had a, a barber's chair in a locker room, so you'd come in after the round, and you'd have to sit in a chair and then tell tales of what, how bad it was. <laughs> I love that. But, you know, obviously, you know, a bigger specter at the stadium, mm-hmm. as much a star as any player. Right. And, um, you know, there's been some, they just we just saw the I got it on on, on my t v here while I was waiting for you to call. you know they showed those three twos that Ricky threw up in oh, yeah. uh, two thousand and fifteen I believe it was, and yeah. how you know that'll probably never happen again, whether it's march or or may, but it was just part of that lore that hole and and you know the the whole is as much gives it as much identity as anything to tell you the truth as far as the
3: tournament seventeenth uh, is the I mean, it is table. what Amen corner is to, uh, to Augusta 17 is, uh, I think, player championship. It is a signature hole, obviously, and it makes it what it is. Sometimes lost is the fact that it's the finishing stretch of those holes. Those last four holes are really can be brutal, especially when the wind's blowing. But, uh, Tim, I never asked you this question, but since we have people on listing who like to follow all sports, uh, particularly college sports, you, you I know, you covered all kinds of sports. You covered that. You covered the dolphins. You covered college football. You covered everything back in the day before you specialized in golf. What, what made you decide to go write golf full time when you you covered all, I mean every sport there was and did it well? What what why did you pick golf full time?
4: Well, you know the great Tom McEwen. What a character he was, mm-hmm. and how much of an influence he had in Tampa. And I got a job in Tampa, and he called me in and said, Rosa, High, I said, yes, sir. He said, you play golf? And I said, no. He said, well, you should not only play, you should cover it. And, um, you know, I, the deadlines are a lot better. The, the the locations, you know, you think about where your office is around the world, some mm-hmm. of these places. And uh, I don't know, you know, and, as McEwen said, it's the one sport you can play when you get older, like me. And now mm-hmm. I am as old as McEwen was <laughs> when he told me to put this great idea in my head. And, um uh, you know, it's not pretty at times, but at least it gives me some sport I can play. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's obviously the spirit of the game that's, that's mm-hmm. captivating me. And I've done it a long time. And hopefully yes, I've got a long time to do it in the future.
3: The writers uh, back in the day, that whole cadre of writers, that used to come from Carolinas. They covered their big thing. was golf, NASCAR racing, uh, you know, and college basketball. They all loved that. And they used to said they loved the uh, – NASCAR and that's golf and he said uh because they bring the winners to the press box. <laughs> and, you know, it was one among the things that they like. But, uh, yeah, I, I have, as you know, I've had a passion for golf a long time. Not so much anymore, but I think Nicholas had a lot to do with it for me. I just really liked him. He was my all time favorite back in the day. And really my favorite among athletes, he and Arnie were such, I know I'm dating myself, but there's such precious gems and so, you learn so much for people who take the time to talk to you. Those guys sit and talk to your 45 minutes sometimes. You know, Palmer would come in for a round, and he'd go out to his locker, and he'd sit there with the writers and buying beers for 20 minutes, you know? It's just a, it's a personal kind Yeah, same contact. thing
4: with Jack. If you go to Memorial sure. in a couple right. of weeks, it's, good. You know, it's the same scene in the right. in a pavilion there at it his it is, it is great facility and golf yeah. course and exactly. all the infrastructure. And, you know, he'll sit around and talk for a half hour after his, his yeah. conference is over, which he's gone for an hour. Now, the kids are really good. And they and they do a lot in social media, and they 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 tell you kind of how they're thinking. You know, the only but is that a lot of them, you know as soon as the news conference is over, they're out. I mean, they're they got a yeah. bubble, they got things to do. No disrespect, you know, I think it's just the demands are greater now than when Nicholas and Palmer went through. You know, now there's more social media, more more stopover points. It's yeah. not like you guys are digging a ditch when you got to stop and answer some some questions, but yeah, no it's pressure. just part of what yeah. takes – takes away some focus and some you know some some reason to kind of think about a you know relax either relax or think about their golf game so
3: well I agree you know, with you good, on that. I, but I, not,
4: you know Jack Jack and Arnie were unique and you know it was just like again though no, they didn't have Twitter and, and right. Facebook and you know, Instagram and yep. you, know, you know people websites Newspapers. It was a different deal. Different deal. Sound like um, an old timer
3: now. I understand. Sorry. well yeah. how you think I feel. Uh I one more thing before we get your picks on uh, on the players. Uh, your friend Robbie Andrew, he calls himself <clears throat> a hack. <clears throat> he said, Well we hacks, so you know, call it I said, Where'd you get that name from? Well it was my light it went out there on the side if so you just plugged it. There you go, thank you. Um <clears throat> he had said, uh, well we just gave ourselves that name, uh Rosefort. And we used to call Rosa Hack and and whatever. He was recalling your time in the in the press box and uh, the time the fun you had together with Robbie and uh, the camaraderie, which is part of what makes uh, makes sports writing sports writing or did at least at one time. So Robbie's one of the nicest people as you know you could ever want to be around.
4: True and yeah, we you know we we throw the word. even Larry Dorman, who's one of the greatest writers of all time, was Hack. Love Dorman. Know, uh, love Dorman, and. Um, you know, I'd compete against him. He definitely helped me raise my level of, of game. But you know, the thing about golf writers, a lot of them are really good writers too. I never was a yes. Consider myself a great writer, but I was you know, great reporter. Great reporter. And I'd story, and I'd you know, be reporting, and you know, the writing wasn't bad. It just wasn't as
2: yeah.
4: As you know, as rich as some of the great writers, or funny like Jenkins, or well, or you know, Dave Anderson, very simple. But you know, I'm never going to win a Pulitzer Prize. So
3: well, you know
4: or Jaime excuse Diaz I just see Jaime on Jaime you know Jaime's kind of like that Jaime Diaz talking about my colleague now at Golf Digest right. or right. Golf Channel excuse me it was for Golf Digest for many years you know he's one of the greats um, and he would go in that class but right. a different type of style different style and more interpretive a little uh, sometimes a little overwritten it's not by Jaime but you know in spots but at the same time it's um you know that was another thing that that uh, that I, reason why I gravitated to it because I learned to be a better writer there and yeah. it carried over in some of the other sports I covered.
3: Right. All right. I got about um, 90 seconds. I'd like to spend all night with it because I love talking to you, especially about the old days in the press box. But I want to get to the players. I don't know who this. Uh, I don't know that this golf course favors any particular one. I guess if you hit your irons a hundred, a uh, thousand yards and straight like Jason Day can at times, although you didn't have his Bay game, uh, there, certain players are going to be obviously favored here in this event. And, of course, premium on landing in the right place on this golf course, you cannot be off course here and be all over the place like you can in Augusta and the rough. So given what we have to deal with, I know what Vegas says about who's favored and all that, the usual suspects, Rory McIlroy, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Dustin Thompson, Dustin Johnson, and then of course a few other. Cats, like Ricky Fowler. What happened to Ricky Fowler? He three jacked it from about six feet or four feet, didn't he? It was terrible. He also
4: made a fifty-eight or some seventy-something footer for eagle out okay, too. So it all equals <laughs> well, that out, was, you out, know, on, on the golf gods, yeah, and, and, yeah. Okay, I'm going with Ted Potter just so it's you know this is a like Calo thing.
3: Ted Potter of Ocala, like Florida, it, yeah. is going to win it right here. You heard it on the Buddy Martin show. Ted Potter is going to win Mickelson. the players. Why not?
4: I mean, right. why not? Mickelson at, at Pebble. Yeah. No, I mean, I, look, I mean, it's interesting that one group. It's got Spieth, McElroy, and Justin Thomas, and yeah. none of them have ever won there. Um, yeah. Justin, I mean, Jordan went. Like 58 holes without a bogey when he first played here, and now right. he's missed three straight cuts. McElroy last week said, I used to hate it. Now I love it. No, actually, I like yeah. it. And, and I actually, a cumulative score, he's got, got the best in the last five years. So. Yeah. Well, I got to, uh, I got one. For you, you know, it's not the type of course where you take out driver in every hole. And, and, right. Or every every hole, it's not a part three. Exactly. And so the byproduct of that is that guys it tests test their patience and they're also their, their decision-making.
3: I got two uh, two foreigners here that I like playing well. I like Justin Rose; and he like his game. And Paul Casey's got it going now. He's just about to go on over. Yeah. He's finally, starting to get his game together. If he's, if he's rolling the ball pretty good, this is off Anybody can pick those other guys, like you said. So, uh, a couple of names I mentioned there. And the guy, what's the deal with uh, Bryson? De- those
4: are solid picks. Solid picks.
3: Yeah. What's, what's the deal with Bryson DeChambeau? What's his story? Well, he's different. You know he's
4: different. He's I like scientists. He, he, I like him too. You know he's he's worked out with a guy that, uh, that, uh, sorry, I'm trying to. Uh, he's worked out and he's gained, but he's like 210 pounds now. Yeah. And you know he's just like a lot of these guys, they keep getting bigger, and so they hit it further. And right. Woods has adopted him and taken him under his wing and yeah. teach him a lot of stuff because he's fascinated by the, yeah. by the science of the game. And so you know, yeah. And it, it doesn't seem to mess up his mind, his gamer's mind. He's won. He contended last week. He had a top ten again. I mean, he's he could be the guy that, that could. He's trending, yeah. as they say. Yeah. And um, you know, I I, li- I like him a lot. He's a gentleman too, and yeah. he, and he uh, best of all. It's no big deal. I can call him or text him, and he'll pick up, or he'll call me That's back cool. and text me back so I can That's so I can cool. do my story. I'm, there you, you know, go.
3: That's what counts right there. Hey, real quick, I got some Bubba Watson fans here. Uh, our buddy Lynn Tindall up in Brunswick uh, says he likes Bubba here. It's not his kind of golf course at all because he's he's praising it around a bit, but what do you think about Bubba's chances?
4: I think D- D- Jaime was right spot on when he was saying that basically this is just a way to for Bubba to take pressure off him, but it really – the Gates is, um, mm-hmm. you know, what he is, and which is the most talented guy out there. One of the most talented guys out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know, they'd like to they'd like to take some of the pressure off him. Sometimes it's a mind game within the mind yeah. game. Yeah.
3: Hey, you follow the Gators a little, I know, because you're an old Gator yourself. Any thoughts about uh, the the coach, about what's happening in Gainesville, about uh, Mullen and the excitement he's been creating? I know
4: Mullen a little bit, you know, uh, from.
3: Because his wife used to work at Golf Channel,
4: right? And Megan, uh, mm-hmm. and I, it, you know, Megan, yep. Yeah, and uh, it's a good call. Mm-hmm. He's a good man. He, we, you know, me, I, I played D one A football, college at Rhode Island, played That's right. The conference back in the seventies. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, you know,
4: Mullen came in. And he gave us, he gave us, you know, he was like talking to us one night. I think me and Cellini, and he was just acting like a coach. It was great. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was having flashbacks. Not that I could ever claim to see, but you know, a little too slow for that. But the, uh, you know, but it was cool. and He's he a good guy. Uh, I, I, I wish him well. I think he, he could be the answer. Should have hired him before
3: this. I think so you're right. Good. Hey Tim, have a wonderful weekend, Potter we look forward to your Thanks, stuff buddy. as always, and thank you for spending some time good with man. us. And look forward to getting up and back in the old days of the steak night we used to have together back in the day when we'd have a bottle of wine and steak, sit down and talk about life. That was always fun. So
4: we do that every once in a while. Life's too short. We should do it
3: again, buddy. We should do it again. You know? Tim, thanks so much, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, Tom. Thank thanks you. for the call. Right. See you. All right. One of my favorite dudes right there. He's um, a guy that... Uh, oh, what? I hear a noise. What? Hello? This. I'm doing a show here. What? You get your own walk-up music now? Oh, my word. Dilly dilly. Oh, look who's here. Oh, my goodness. Look who showed up. Somebody said today, he sure makes an entrance. How many and you have there? Swamp? Yeah, Enrico boy, boy, said. Wait, wait, what is, oh, this is, what is this? Oh, Stump Knockers. From local. This is your favorite, isn't Deville. it? No. It's from the promised land. Well, there you go. Alright. Well, yeah, let's really crack it serious. open then. I did. Do a dilly dilly we'll call yeah. Fran's beard and have a dilly dilly toast.
1: Well I gotta before we do all that I gotta break it all up since you decided to start way too early.
3: Yeah, well we started a little bit early. We'll stay a little longer if we have to.
1: What happened with you starting at this new time? You didn't clear this with me. I didn't, you weren't here so I didn't have to. Who remembers this?
3: No. What is that?
1: What's what?
3: What is I can't see it? What is it?
1: You know who this is? This is, they play
3: this, they play this, they play this. Sounds like yeah Joplin. I don't know who it is.
1: ACDC. Okay. In fact, they play this pre-game when I was on sidelines, mm-hmm. 2009, University of Florida. You remember? You know what, I, I would know looking, enough in the press particularly box. Particularly during hurt. the LSU game, they played this. They had this going. It was electric. Okay. It was electric. So you get, you get things I don't see though. Can there, you take this though. off, graphic off, so mm-hmm. I can be seen to the kingdom? Mm-hmm. I feel like wearing
3: sure a crown. Put it on. Wear up. I mean, so I
1: feel like... He's
3: here, well. folks. Have your shot. Francis, What's the best part. It's finished. Okay. You got to Co- have the comments. Coville is excited. That Coville, I don't have... Billy Day! Oh, I don't know. What? You got your people here. David Hunter. How much I What? Just doing a sports show is all i was doing. Sports it's a late show. night daily, daily Dad. Uh huh. It's
1: not just a sports show. Yeah. Yeah. Because so you've been.
2: Show. I'm, I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm Woo!
1: Woo! Woo! I'm back!
3: You are. You are. I'm glad you started late. I needed an entrance. Well, you got it. And you mind if I get my papers over here? I don't want to get you away your beer, but I do have a few papers I gotta get. I gotta tell people about I gotta do play this little commercial right now. Cheers uh,
1: before you do that. Yeah,
3: do. Cheers, yeah. Dilly 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 dilly. All right, dilly dilly. All right, dilly dilly. All
2: right. there you go. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Mark. Call him up and tell him what And Because he's doing the best he can. Better, stronger, faster. Mama says that
1: alligators are owner because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey! What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. Bye! You ready, Champ? I'm ready
2: for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> no one ever plans a car accident. Having a plan after you've been in one, however, can make a world of difference. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. After meeting with Dan and his team, you'll know your case matters, that you matter, and that Dan will fight hard to get you just results. If you've been severely injured through no fault of your own by a careless or reckless driver, you need Daniel L. Hightower.
3: Off, off there you go now nah, sorry go.
1: we gotta unplug this
3: see what happens to me we're called i will be to able get this. to hear
1: friends and we gotta change the all up, well Phil so. hurry
3: up it won't matter he'll be uh, he won't be
1: around so we're late getting to him what so. do you mean he's not gonna be around well right? so it's a call of two yeah. minutes
3: ago so all right
1: well hold on friends. all right we're coming we're meanwhile
3: getting... i'll tell you about don't forget about uh world of beer let me just do this little commercial while we're doing this right. we'll be there tomorrow and wednesday night don't forget we're there Every Wednesday night, uh, Brady Ackerman. I saw Brady shopping in Publix on Sunday. Did you? So what actually. Brady shopping for? Uh, well, just the usual groceries. And I said, well, superstars have to shop too, you know, That's for themselves true. every now and then. So there you go. So um, World of Beer, of course, is uh, our hangout uh, in Gainesville. We love being there. Uh, it's a reason they've been named the top bar and um, pub in Gainesville two consecutive years. Located out on Newbury Road about Three miles from the interstate, going west out toward the uh, the mayor's house of Nara Newberry, um, Nat Blaylock. Uh, hey. and uh, check it out. Uh, uh, come out and see us Wednesday night. We have lots of t shirts. Got a Brady makes some free t shirts for you guys. Had the Buddy Martin and Brady Ackerman show on the back of it. We'll give you those, and also, uh, uh, we want to make sure you you know that the, the the beer, they have all kinds of beers, obviously, around the world. We haven't talked a lot about those, but we'll get into some of those. Good times, good good beer, good talk, uh, good fun. Always special events going on. So come out and see us at the place voted to Gainesville's best bar and pub. Brady Ackerman, Buddy Martin with you every Wednesday afternoon at 6. And the world of beer. It's not just about the beer, but it could be. I kind of like the
1: show. It's not just about a sports show. So, Franz on? I don't know. Hello, Franz. Are you there? I'm,
5: I, looks like it, doesn't it? I see you. Can you see me? Well, hold on, Franz. We will in a second. Well,
1: he's yeah, driving. Do you do? Hi, Franz. Hello, Francis. How are you, sir?
5: Uh, uh, Gentlemen's, and I use that term loosely as I would for my own self.
1: Well, I appreciate your looselyness and use of the word gentleman to us as you use it for yourself, kind sir. Dele, dele
5: Franz. Good evening to you, Brendan.
1: I'm still uh, coming back from a little bit of Boston vacation on the weekend there, friends. Ah. Went oh. up to, went up the Charles River, you know. Got in Boston, took uh my daughter over to Harvard for where qu- the smart kids on. For, for a quarter.
3: For a good? quarter.
1: And I parked the car. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. That's pretty good, right? That's okay. That's, okay. Brendan. That's not, bad. not bad. How you been, France?
5: Uh good. Trip down to Tampa and back today, and and uh, made it all in one piece. So I'm in good shape.
3: You got a comments on the screen? Yes, Uh, friends. We had a lot of buzz tonight about Joe Burrow. Um, I've had, I've been working on a story pretty much all day. I say all day. I've spent, I made about eight phone calls, and you know, one of our one of our guys. I got to give him credit for getting the ball rolling. Quentin Cruz. Remember Quentin? He said he's had four different sources have told him, and he's just a guy. He's not a reporter. Who said have told him it's looking really good, and I think it's coming. I don't want to say this for sure, but I get a drift. It's coming from one of the players, and I suspect that some of it's coming from Trayvon Grimes. So of course, was a transfer from Ohio State, and the word out there is you know that uh, that the Burrow is going to transfer, and that's no secret. He's talked about that. His dad made a comment. He graduates already. Uh, so he had two years of eligibility. He's graduated, I think, already. And after graduation, his dad made a comment about the next challenge. Uh, so I don't know if that means the challenge for the job over Haskins, or if that means uh, on Nebraska's in the picture. In Florida, I talked to my guy up and up in uh, Columbus, uh, who's a reporter. Uh, I talked to our common friend. I won't mention his name, who's a, a staff member but not a coach, uh, and. Uh, they have not heard anything about it there. Doesn't mean it's not so, but there's a lot of buzz out there. There been some things on Twitter and what have you. Um, I have exhausted every source I can think of. I texted you earlier today, and uh, there seems to be some smoke here, and maybe some fire. But I don't. I think it's a long way from being decided. I don't suspect this will be something that'll happen the next couple of days. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I just don't know, France. What do you think?
5: Well, I've heard, I'm hearing it both ways. I'm hearing that, yeah, he's definitely going to leave and that Florida is among the schools uh, along with Texas that he really is interested in going to. Uh, you got to understand something. Texas head coach Tom Herman is the guy that recruited him to Ohio State. And if Florida is going to have, uh, a real, if, if he decides for sure that he's going to transfer, that's where Florida's competition will be. People are saying, ah, oh, it's going to be Nebraska. His dad played at Nebraska. His uncle played at Nebraska. Uh, he had the chance to sign with Nebraska coming out of high school, and he didn't do it. He, Nebraska, I don't think, is anywhere close to being uh, in the mix. Uh, I think that if, it's either going to be that he's going to stay at Ohio State or he's going to transfer to either Florida or Texas. I think it's uh, those are the options. Uh, my belief is that uh, he hasn't gotten the full court press yet from Urban Meyer. And, buddy, we've seen Urban Meyer when he gets really serious about either keeping somebody or sending them off and whatever mm-hmm. like that. And he can be an extremely persuasive human think. Um, if he elects to stay, it's because Meyer has said that you are going to have a legitimate chance to beat out Dwayne Haskins for the starting job in the fall. And I like Dwayne Haskins a lot. I think Dwayne Haskins is a very, very talented kid. And he's gotten certainly more reps than Joe Burrow. But just the same, Burrow, Burrow out of high school was an extraordinarily highly recruited player. And he's obviously got a lot of talent because I guarantee you, Florida and Texas would absolutely die to have this guy come in. Um, one of the things, though, that I've been thinking about is if he were to transfer in, what does this do, for example... Okay, you got Felipe Frank, you got Al Fraskin in here, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, Emery Jones in here, you've got Jalen Johnson committed. What would that do? Um, yeah, I,
3: I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of a wrecking ball as far as I'm concerned. And if you don't watch yourself, you better you – better, there's that old expression we heard from coaches, you better dance by the one that brought you sometimes. And I think when you get too many you, – you just mentioned all those possibilities. And we hadn't even seen as young quarterbacks, I don't – this message that I received today from – uh, third-hand, fourth-hand, that they felt like Emory Jones wasn't ready to play right now. Well, that's, no, that's not earth-shattering news. We know that. But I have every confidence he could be ready to play by the third or fourth or fifth game if he progresses like people think and the reports we're hearing. Let's face it, we don't hear anything in trance. But I think you got to be really – I think you're at a point here, like you said, uh, where you got to stop and think, Am I, am I doing harm? To my team by bringing people in because there's no question about it, it can ha- can kill the spirit of people who've been competing. They've had a good camp, they're having a good summer, and now you hear these names. And so, I would suggest that they deal with it one way or the other pretty soon. Well, it, you
5: know, here's here's my comment on, and I agree with what you've just said. What does this do to what Dan Mullen calls the buy-in? Yeah, he's been talking about. All spring, to anybody who will listen about how proud he is of the buy-in of his players, that they have jumped at the opportunity Mm -hmm. to improve, to embrace what he's bringing in, the strength and conditioning program, the assistant coaches, you name it. They have embraced it. There's been, as he has said, great buy-in. What does this do to the buy-in if all these guys... Who have bought in suddenly say, well, gee, you know, I could be here and have busted my butt for this new coach. And next thing you know, I'm being shoved out the door or, yeah. or told I'm, I'm told I'm irrelevant.
3: Yeah. I'm with you uh, on that. I think you got to be careful.
5: I think if you're going to take a graduate transfer, it needs to be quite frankly at a position of true need. Now, granted, Florida needs a quarterback, but you busted your butt recruiting wise to get Emory Jones to steal him away from, among other people, Ohio State. Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, Ohio State wanted Emory Jones bad, Mm. and Florida out-recruited Ohio State for him. Yeah. Uh, what does that do to Urban? Urban, Urban, uh, as competitive as Urban is on the recruiting trail, does Urban say, no. yeah, okay, look, you, you know, you, you, you didn't tell the truth to, to Emory and said, you know, I'm going to bring you in to be the guy. And now you're bringing in my other, other guy that's one no. of my guys. You know, this is the kind of thing, whether we like to admit it or not, Coaches do negative recruit, even yeah. coaches who are friends, you know.
2: Yeah.
5: And certainly Urban and Mullen are friends. But don't, you know. They're competitors, too. Even, Nick, I
3: don't know. He's a competitor for sure. Um, and
5: I, even if you think that, that Urban wouldn't negative recruit against Mullen or that Mullen wouldn't negative recruit yeah. against, against Urban.
3: Let me give you the, just the, wow, the, the word off. Sometimes we assume people know things. They don't always. Let me read you the story from Land of Ten. Just basically how they sum it up. The biggest question surrounding Ohio State's program in the next few weeks involves Joe Burrow. By the way, folks, it's not Burrow's. Just like it's not Mullins. No S. Uh, a redshirt junior quarterback, Burrow, battled, battled with Dwayne Haskins, as you said, throughout the spring for Ohio State's starting job. By the way, my spies in Columbus, and you know who I'm talking about, told me they were pretty even. Uh, the spring competition ended in a stalemate, as it says here. It's unclear whether Burrow will return to compete for his job in the fall. Burrow could play elsewhere right away in 2018. And that's a fact that some people don't understand. As a graduate transferred since he graduated over the weekend. And on a Monday, there was a new possible landing spot to Burrow. Florida could be a transfer destination, according to Bill Green of 247 Sports. I guess they're still around. Um, according to Green, Burrow headed to Florida. It makes sense for both sides. The Florida quarterback situation is not good, Green said. Well, hello. Thank you for that assessment. Um, they don't feel Emory Jones is ready to play right now. Well, that's, I mean, who's some guy from somebody else telling us he's not ready to play? We don't know that yet. We've got to wait and find out. So uh, that's the deal. That's what it comes to land to ten. Uh, our guy, Quentin Cruz, I want to give him full credit because he worked the story, says, I'm hearing Meyer's doing all he can to keep Burrow from transferring. Now, now, Quentin is not a reporter, okay? He just knows people, these friends, and he's called him. He says he knows there's a great possibility he'll go to Florida. He hasn't signed off on the transfer. Burr wants to be a starter. He has two years left. Mullen and Meyer offenses are similar because Grimes. Uh, because Grimes. Meyer truly believes he will go to Florida and that – the two-quarterback Mullen has taken, I don't understand that. I don't see how Meyer would think that. I don't quite get that. Anyway, that's what he's reporting. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts there. We'll see. Be careful what you wish for, right, friends? Be careful what you wish for.
5: Uh, Exactly. And, and, you know, I'm going to say once again what I said at the outset. Urban Meyer hasn't put the full-court press on this kid yet. And for the – Joe Burrow to get the okay to transfer and and they still haven't okay you know changed the graduate transfer rule it's been proposed that that you could transfer anywhere and you could not and no one could stop you which mm-hmm. I'm for if you've graduated you 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 are owed that as far as I'm concerned but here's the thing the, the rule hasn't changed yet which means that Urban Meyer has to sign off on the on the transfer And so that means that Joe Burrow is going to have to go to Urban Meyer's office, sit down with him, and at that point in time, Urban Meyer will put on the charm, put on whatever he's got to do, if he really wants Burrow to stay. And to me, that's the biggest wild card of all. How bad does Urban Meyer want Joe Burrow to stay?
3: Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I'll see how it all shakes down. But, you know, this this whole cat-and-mouse game, I was talking to David Moulton, look what's happening in Alabama. It's the same situation, virtually the same. you got you got Jalen Hurts' father saying it's going to be the biggest free agency in the history of college football if he decides to leave Alabama. Uh, that opened the floodgates. Now I see Alabama sending Jalen Hurts off to a, quote-unquote, leadership seminar in Tampa with 14 other people. I don't know what's happening there. Nick Saban's no dummy. He knows you need two quarterbacks to play in the SEC because we've seen what can happen. Uh, and so you're going to have to keep that in mind. How do you keep two talented quarterbacks happy? That's the big balancing act. That's the question. I'm sure it's what Urban Meyer is trying to do now. But it's one of these days, a guy's going to wake up and say, I'm not playing. I want to go play somewhere, and he's gone. So, if you had to pick two right now, friends, right now, the two people—if
1: you were going to run a two quarterback system—where would you go? Gun to your head, had to make a decision.
5: Well, and why? Know, and why, by the way? Well, here's the thing: is um, if, if I were going to run a two quarterback system, I'd stick with the guys you got. You know, and I I would only bring the only way I would ever bring in a graduate transfer quarterback is to know he's going to start. Uh unless it's for example you're bringing in a guy from say Division 1AA or Division 2 uh, a guy that you know you, you use him in a pinch but basically what he's here to do is to get obviously get a graduate degree at a at a big at a big, at a big famous school but secondly he's here to maybe catch on and catch the catch the attention of a coaching staff, etc., like that, for perhaps a graduate assistantship in, uh, and become a coach. I don't see any problem with that. Uh, buddy, if you remember, Florida brought in a, a guy named Brian Wagoner uh, back to, to be Tim Tebow's backup. They had John Brantley, and they had Cam Newton, but they brought in Brian Wagner in 2007 for one basic reason. He was a juco, and they thought, okay, if we need a backup who's actually been in games before, this will be the guy. Now, obviously, uh, Cam Newton came along and, and played well enough that he became the backup quarterback. Uh, but Brian Wagner used the year here, uh learned a lot, became a better quarterback, and ended up transferring, I think, to a Division I AA school and had a pretty good last two years of his career. Um, so you pick up a guy like that, it's not a big deal, okay? Nobody's going to be threatened by a Division I AA quarterback or a Division II guy. But you bring in a guy from Ohio State, and there are ripples throughout this program. And you 've got to worry about okay, have, did I see enough out of Felipe Frank in the spring that I think he 's salvageable and could actually become a really good quarterback? Mm-hmm. I bring in Joe Burrow. I can kiss him goodbye now
3: yeah, let 's filter through let 's filter through some of these comments by the way uh, for a colleague of ours this morning was on the morning show with me. Mike Bianchi, and he ended the program by saying, I'm going to pull a Steve Spurrier. I said, what do you mean? I'm going to make a bold prediction like he did when he said his quarterback was going to be the guy who was going to be the SEC's top passer and his starting quarterback in 1990 was going to be, guess who? The guy who was the SEC player of the year. Exactly. And he said, I'm going to go on the record now saying the SEC quarterback of the year will be Felipe Franks. Of course. That's what he said. No. But that's that's a Bianchi no, kind of no, comment.
2: No, it's right,
3: fair enough. I mean It's the kind of thing Bianchi would say. No. I mean I look, I could make a case for probably anything through three. I can make a case for Trask Kyle Trask right now, who's got a, a lot, lot of, of tools. Do. I could make a case for Henry Jones. I could make a case probably, except for the fact that you're kind of betraying your team a little bit this late date when you haven't been working so hard, you bring a guy in from Ohio State. I guess. Let's see what some of the other people said. Right. Uh, there's, there's a couple of comments. John Kerr had a comment up a while ago. Are we thinking long-term? Or are we thinking, you know, one and done? Uh, he said, Jones and Jones are the future. Hard to argue that in a way, right? That's John uh, Enrico. And then John T. No, Kerr that was John T. Kerr. Said that. Yeah, Frank and
1: Jones. And then John T. Kerr also said, are we building a team
3: yeah, for so, for a long that's run? That's what I just said. Oh, okay. yeah.
1: Jones and Jones are the future. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, then um, Covell says, uh, I would take our lumps on this year and sit EJ for further development in the future. That also could work as well. Uh, let's see what other, some of the comments are here. Uh, let's see, Richie Robinson out there in the oil, oil, the oil rig. How are you, oil rigger? Says Trask and Emery Jones. Um, uh, Ken Sagini says, two and done. By then, the other guys will be red-shirt sophomores, and freshmen and ready to run. Remember, though, you've got to keep them happy, Ken. You've got to keep them happy, and they're not going to sit. That's the problem they got right now at Ohio State. The reason they got a guy who who may transfer is he hasn't played for two years practically. Yeah. He was the player of the year in Ohio, by the way. Um, so, um, <clears throat> David Sotocrest asking, do you
1: think the Burrow statements are just Mullen not giving too much info? I,
3: I don't know who's giving it. I don't know. whether I don't really know. I don't see Mullen as the orchestrator of this. I see it as players talking. I, I think it's a situation where you've got an, obviously Trevon Grimes, who's a heck of a receiver, had played ball at Ohio State. With this guy, he knows what he can do. Uh, Burrow, he sees an opportunity to help bring a player. Uh, certainly, Mullen's not going to turn down a chance to get a player. Right. You know, if he, uh, I don't think he's out there doing it. Jennifer says Mullen's a quarterback whisper. He can get Frank's where he needs to be. Not Frank's fault. He had a crappy coach. I uh, agree with Jennifer on that. Uh, and then Soto Chris, I honestly think Emory Jones eventually takes the job this year. So there you have it. A cacophony of opinions all over the board. All we need now is Bubba to call in and say, it's Kyle Trask. So we have all these opinions. We have a horse race and now we have a new horse, a fresh horse in the race, France.
5: Well, I, I'll, I'll throw throw one thought at you. And that is in two thousand and. And twelve, a red shirt freshman at Mississippi State named Dakota Prescott threw twenty nine passes. Uh, and as Tyler Russell's backup, uh, at, when Tyler Russell was a senior, he got hurt in August, and Dakota Prescott had to—no question about it. There, there was no no chance for anybody else. He had to play. So, you know, my, you know, but going into that season, Tyler Russell who had thrown 24 touchdown passes the year before was going to be the guy. But he only got to play in seven ball games that year. He got hurt and that was it for him and the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dakota Prescott, better known as Dak Took over. Yeah, you're gonna to try to throw that's us off with that really Dakota, that
3: Dakota stuff. You're trying to throw us off. I got that right away. Right. I, yeah, you know, we, we we caught you off the bat. We see what you're we doing, doing there. there. You no, know, you didn't but get guess us. No,
5: what? Sorry. If you ask Megan Mullen what she calls him, that's what she okay. calls him. Okay, calls him by his name. All right.
3: He's the- we'll ask her because she's gonna to speak to the Oklahoma quarterback club this year. So, um, um well, I mean, look, uh, it's fun to talk about the quarterbacks, without question. Listen, it's been a while. I feel like we, Trask Emory jones
1: You do? Situation. Trask
3: Emery jones you yeah. somebody eliminating Felipe completely? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I think okay. he'll eliminate himself. Uh, I don't, I'm not so sure. Here's the question, though, and Richie brings it up. If you get right down to it, Mullen's dog, which, by the way, Mullen talked about him at the Chick-fil-A, the dog is named, inspired by Tim Tebow, his name is Heisman. And... I think he has better sense to say than to say, my dog Heisman can play quarterback. <laughs> I, I think this might have been the worst quote by any coach in the history of Florida football when, when I was there that day, and I think you might have been too, when he yeah, said my he dog Clarabelle could, could play quarterback. And then he shouldn't have gone shark fishing. No, that didn't happen. I was, that was not true. No, no. Don't start rumors like that. So, anyway.
1: Bad shark fishing yeah, idea. No, no. no so. Shouldn't have gone shark fishing. Yeah.
3: Scott Jordan says you need another beer. Um, so, but they oh. think, hey, good. I have one. Yeah. And I am out. Thanks for telling me. What I wanted to say was, what I wanted to say was that now suddenly, you are right?
2: Yeah.
3: We have an embarrassment of riches. Went from zero quarterbacks. Think, remember, think back to the Will Greer year, Will. Uh, France. to re- Recap what happened that year. The guy, by the way, who's picked. The Sporting News picks as the fifth best quarterback in the country at West Virginia. What happened that year? The last time we had a flash of success, well, at quarterback.
5: Obviously, obviously, uh, a- after he had started a few ball games and looked like he was going to be an, a-, a true world beat. Five and zero, here, right? Yes, in- indeed. Uh, I mean, literally flinging the ball all over the place. Um, he ends up with, with problems out the wazoo and gets suspended and ends up transferring out. You'd never and know. And who ended up what- playing quarterback? Oh, gosh.
3: How soon we forget. <laughs> the the midget. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably one of the, the worst quarterbacks we've had at Florida. And he did the best he could. He just didn't control. control.
2: Well,
5: you, you know what? I, I, I feel really bad. I feel really bad for Treon. Uh, although I will say this. He's going to be a second-year starter at Tennessee State this year. Uh, I believe it's – yeah, It's this will be his second – will this be his second – yeah, this will be his second – he'll be a second-year starter at Tennessee State this year. And, um, you know, who knows? He may end up being, turning out to be, you know, really good at that level. But certainly someone who wasn't capable of quarterbacking an SEC team. And this is why you've got, you know, you've got to bring in a quarterback every single year. I mean, Treon Harris is the perfect example Mm -hmm of why you have to bring one in every single year mm-hmm. because you don't know who's going to transfer. You don't know who's not who's going to be, you know, a total, uh, total bust, whatever. Yeah, you, you don't know who's going to
1: gonna suck. I mean, we sit here talking about right now we have three quarterbacks. We really don't know what we have. We could have three busts. Again, you know, I'm not trying to put it the hex out there, but I'm just saying We're, we have three unproven quarterbacks. Uh, that looked pretty good, and we hope to we be had, good. But
5: we had Jacoby Brissett, Brissett, and Jeff Driscoll here, and you know all
3: played in the NFL. Those, yeah.
5: one of them starts in the NFL, and the other one, they're thinking of ways to get to to get Andy Dalton out of there so they can let Jeff Driscoll be the starting quarterback at Cincinnati. They think that Jeff Driscoll is the real deal with the Cincinnati Bengals, enough so that they let A.J. McCarron go to
2: Buffalo. Yeah,
1: right? I mean, that's kind of saying
3: something for him. So, nonetheless, friends, I, I, I'm i a little spoiled. I've seen quarterbacks here over the years. I've seen some really good quarterbacks. And when I'm talking about Spurrier, I'm talking about great, the great John Reeves. He was great, as you know. We can go through the litany of all the quarterbacks uh, that we've seen naturally, Tebow, certainly um, uh, Wayne Danny Peace. And- oh
5: my gosh, Wayne, Wayne, Peace, and Bob. Yeah, Tebow. and we don't,
3: don't even get a mention. And we and now it, what always used to gall me was here was a school with quarterback you, with three Heisman Trophy statues of quarterbacks out front, and for ten years I couldn't find a damn quarterback. What's wrong with that picture? Well,
5: they, you know, like I said, we had. Two two NFL quarterbacks here, and what did we do? First off, we ran them off. But secondly, we convinced both of them convinced both of them that they were incompatible with what they were trying to do offensively. So it's just not a, it's just not a
1: fit for the whole. I mean, you think France? That was it. That was the breakdown. That was just the system versus the style of quarterback that was here. I mean, clearly it's that... that a combination
3: that, of the two things. And
1: nobody would compromise. Right? I mean, there was no compromise with the program versus the quarterback.
3: Which is Florida. Well, it's right. full of skilled position players. Right? My gosh, they got speed. They got power. They got quarterbacks with great arms. They throw the ball because of the weather. But they should. You know? I mean, not for a decade. I mean, it should be like it, it's a
1: reload
2: situation. Nobody wanted to play here.
5: We let Lamar Jackson go to Louisville. Yeah. We let we let teddy bridgewater go to louisville i mean you're talking about lamar jackson won a heisman and if he'd had any kind of support would have won a second one this past year uh i mean a truly great college quarterback teddy bridgewater my goodness um you know teddy bridgewater was was a college talent like few others uh and these are guys that you know, I, from what I understand, with Teddy Bridgewater, Florida was trying to recruit him as a defensive back until the last second when it appeared that, oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to get anybody who's decent, and then that's when they tried to recruit him.
3: All right, uh, yeah, I got to step in here. He's relatively new, and he has some good comments. I got to call Scott Jordan out. Okay, he has, he says, forget the quarterback; it starts with the offensive line. That's the problem, is to fool yourself. I'm sorry, it does not start with the offensive line. The offensive line is certainly important, but it starts with the trigger. Every, why is every franchise looking for a quarterback in the NFL? It starts with the quarterback. You have to have the guy. You can actually get good offensive linemen, not great, and you can. they're trained as a unit. They're like a basketball team. They all got to play together. That's the key. So I can't go into that deal. People start getting carried away with comments like that. You can't forget the quarterback, Scott. It may start with a running game, and the running back is important. And I made a comment today, this morning, that I see Mullen establishing that running game strong. I remember the game out in Stark, States, uh, you know, Stark Vegas, that we went out and covered. And I remember how he brutalized Urban's team, ran over him, put the bigs in there on the goal line and blew them away. And a power offense, what well, was Tebow? He was a tailback in a power offense. The scrum at Florida State that he ran, where he carried eight ball, eight symbols with him, it was power. Now, do I think Mullen's going to just coach running? No, I don't. Mullen's going to light. He's going to have big bodies. He's going to get. He's going to have good goal lines. Hevesy's going to have, he's gonna have big guys. You know Hevesy. And I think, but the quarterback has got to be the guy, the focal point at Florida, where we want points and we want plays and we want entertainment. We got to have the quarterback here.
5: Well, you know, tell me, tell me a team that's won the national championship with a mediocre quarterback. Please tell me. And you can't, you know, uh, the closest thing anybody would come to a national championship with a mediocre quarterback would be Matt Flynn at LSU in 2007. And there, there are a lot of people who say that, well, Matt Flynn, you know, couldn't beat out the guy the year before, you know, Jamarcus Russell. Well, that may be true, but Matt Flynn, certainly, I, I remember that two thousand in 2007, Matt Flynn, when Florida went out there, Matt Flynn played a brilliant ball game, uh, was a very good college quarterback, uh, just happened to be at LSU when they were stacked up with quarterbacks. Um,
1: I, I, I'm sorry, Fran, I, I saw great quarterbacks like, well, you know, let's just say Tim Tebow from the sidelines take, you know, players, young Pouncy Twins, and a couple of you know guys, and 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 make them play better than they were supposed to be playing in that particular moment. I got to say that a, a really great quarterback that we've known is not just a leader, but is you know is someone that lifts you up and wants you to you know makes you want to play better. And that is I, a leader. I, that I, is I, a I, leader. I, and and I think that's that's the difference. You know, uh, uh, one person, you know, one guy out of, uh, out of 11 can, can make a huge difference there. And I, I think, you know, that relies, uh, uh, you know, on the quarterback.
5: That guy, that guy in the huddle, when everybody looks at his eyes and they see a will to win like nothing they've ever seen. Why do you think that, you know, we could go back to something you were just talking about. Why do you think the Pouncy twins were were just such devastating blockers? Well, they realized that that in Tebow they had that guy, and if they'd hold that block an extra millis, you know, millisecond longer, he would get the yards they needed to move the chains or get the touchdown, whatever like that. And and that's what the quarterback's got to do. That quarterback has got to be that indomitable leader, the guy that everybody looks to and knows. You know, hey, you know, we make sometimes we 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 make a joke back when Tibo played. and Said, "Well, let Tim do it." Okay, you do let Tim do it because Tim would do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. especially way, in college, especially with, with 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 this age group. You know. Uh, you know. By the
5: way, I just got to tell you, it just flashed through my mind tonight. I went out for about a seven mile walk after I got back from Tampa. And I was wearing a, a University of Arkansas T-shirt that we bought ten years oh ago. Oh my God, I remember one that. week after the the bo the Tibo speech. Yeah, you remember? Florida lost to Ole Miss. Tim made the speech afterward, and yeah. we we flew into Tulsa the the next week, drove over from Tulsa into Arkansas, and went to a. a Went to a, a supermarket and got some supplies, and I and, and we bought T-shirts. I still it, have I, my sweatshirt,
1: t- yeah, because it was raining.
5: It was raining and everything, but I have my, I still have my Arkansas T-shirt, and that's, you know, going back to something you just were talking about. That is a ball game. Yeah. That that Tim Tebow, the week after Tim Tebow came up short. Tim Tebow absolutely destroyed Arkansas because there were a lot of people who were saying Arkansas is going to spring the upset Mm -hmm. on Florida. Florida is in deepest and darkest trouble. And guess what? Tim Tebow just absolutely destroyed them that ball game. Great ball
3: game. It was a great ball game. I think you have to remember what Mullins said. And a lot of people are checking in with some really good comments tonight. I can't read them all. I've got to pull but, out my promise.
1: I have a personal promise. I, you know, I was in the room. Well, you were in the room. We Your friends and room. I were sitting right next to each other. So I was behind this you. This far away. Yeah. So I, I, was, I, I was back on uh, Tripod bro there at the Tripod Forest. We came in there, and I was, I was standing on the aisle, right on the aisle where he walked in and out. No. And I have personal, I have a, of the video that I shot of it somewhere. Um, you and you were you were friends were sitting next to each other.
3: Yeah, and Franz and I were sitting right right next to each other, and literally five feet from Tebow in the front row. Yeah. And when it was over, Franz, I turned to you and said, "I've never seen anything like that in my life." And you said, "Me neither." Remember that?
5: Yes, I do. We I mean, won- and, it, it, and, 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 and and I will also remember the next comment you made. You said, "I have a feeling we're going to remember this moment a long, huh. long." Yeah, I forgot uh, about
3: that. Yeah, I guess he's chiseling the and wall. He yeah.
1: wa- when he walked out of the room, and he walked right past me. And at the end, like he was like he was in like you know in that emotional tear state. You know, like he was gonna, but he didn't. He wasn't like he was about to lose it. And the room was just he, never, remember, he already lost it. He I remember it, it was it. silent.
2: Already yeah, it was it, silent.
1: Right? I mean, everyone know what the hell just happened. Yeah. Like, a yeah, bomb went off in there. It was a, that that was, the, I mean, to be in the room in that moment, I was thinking about the other day. I was like, Cam, yeah, I was like, not only, I don't know, you were in the room, Franz was in the room.
2: Yeah.
1: I tried to think, and Tim Casey was there. I so who else was Gator Country was there with us? It was the
3: Gipper speech. It was our Gipper
2: speech. Yeah, right?
3: Uh, yeah, one day there'll be a movie about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what happened just for history's sake, Prior to that, I think it was significant, and it doesn't get talked about enough. I know people love to bash Urban, and they like they think it's funny to, you know, whatever, and they think he's insensitive, and he's cold-hearted, and all that sort of stuff, fakes, whatever you think. But I thought some of the most brilliant coaching I'd ever heard of is when they came off the field that day, Tebow was an emotional wreck. Yeah, He went, I, I wasn't in the locker room, but this is what Urban told me it happened I wrote the book. Tebow went to his locker and completely lost it. And he was just bawling his eyes out. He couldn't stop crying. And Urban walked up to the locker and saw him. And what does a coach do in that situation? He did not pat him on the back and say, it's okay, Tim. Don't you? He actually sat down on his back to Tim. who was sitting on the bench, leaned up against him, and just sat there and said nothing and let him cry. I thought that was absolutely brilliant, in my opinion. And, and and sometimes it's what you don't say. You know, and who knows how that impacted Tebow, but that uh, Tebow had that resolve steel resolve in his eyes that day and What was the next game? Arkansas. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And what was the
1: game after that?
5: Thirty eight to seven and then they beat LSU fifty one to twenty one God
1: weekend. at LSU, right? No, no at no, home.
5: That game was that game was in Gainesville. It was in it was Gainesville
1: and that's where that's Thunderstruck was played on the field.
5: That's the game where Brandon Spikes intercepted two passes and ran them both back for touchdowns. And on the second one, he punted the ball into the end zone.
1: That's when they were playing that song, Thunderstruck, I played when I walked in here on the field without the kickoff. And I remember looking up around and I thought, oh, my God, the swamp is electric tonight. Sitting on the field like that, that perspective. I mean, it's not even like for even a pro field, there's not as many people at a pro game. You know, to see all that, especially LSU, that's probably
3: 90, 92,000. So, yeah, and so you I, I ask you. So, so I mean, okay. that is crazy. So, okay, Will Muschamp. Okay, Jim McElwain. This is what we know. This is how we're invested. This is where we've been. We have a right to expect more out of you as coaches. We're with the program and really close to it and part of it. And what I was saying about that is those guys just never really got it. I don't care what you say. They never. And yet, Meyer. Who brought championship trophies is still one of the most hated guys in Florida history. Although I see some love for him tonight on here. Scott George said Meyer's awesome, he's real. And uh, Ken Ceguini said I sure do like those trophies Irving brought. Yeah. I'd say so. but there was, And, Franz, you were close to the team, and you know, uh, you know what it was like. You know what they thought of uh, Meyer what Meyer thought of them. That was a great time in Florida football history. I love Spurrier. I love the era. I thought it was wonderful, and it will always be the first one. But for people to disrespect that program and not pay attention to what was accomplished there really gets, makes my blood boil.
5: Well, what makes my blood boil is the fact that nobody wants to give Urban credit for being sick. And he was. And you and I both know what he has gone through and has to continue going through to stay healthy. And it's not easy. And most of us most of us would quit before we go through the just the ordeal he has to go through to stay healthy for one more year. And he's got to do it every single year. And you know, I I, I, I hear people who say, Well, he faked it. You know what I say? You know, you, you are, you are so clueless, you don't even deserve the air you're breathing. I'm sorry, but that's just a fact. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, eight and five, you know, that Florida went eight and five in, in 2000, uh, in, in 2010. And, 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 you know, people say, well, see, Meyer had lost it. He'd lost his team. He'd lost this. He'd lost that. You know, he had replaced essentially a brand new, he had basically replaced an entire coaching staff. And yet, in spite of that, in spite of a brand new quarterback replacing a legend, et cetera, like that, you look at this. They lost by three to Mississippi State. They, they, you know, that was a, they lost by four to LSU. That team was almost ten and three, and ha- and if they win those two ball games, uh, two ball games, who knows what happens in in those last couple losses? Do they lose by twenty four to Florida State? Do they get blown out by South Carolina? I don't think so. Uh, you know, if if he wins ten ball games that year. What do what people say? People say, well, he went 8-5 this last year. He lost it. Well, the difference between 8-5 and 10-3 and, 10 and three was 7-point.
3: Uh, yeah, well, okay. People say, what do you expect about Far? We expect, we know the standard. We've seen it. We know what it is. We were right to expect it. And I feel good about the guys there right now, as we all do. I hope our expectations aren't too high, because we're talking about two of the greatest football coaches in history of the game in Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier. Those kind of guys don't fall off the back of grapefruit trucks, you know, and so we we got our pre I think Mullen's going to be extraordinary. Could be really, could be a great coach, maybe, but he's unproven at the highest level. Certainly, he's he's a next tier down. He's not one of the top echelons, but he could be. And he's young, and he's got a good offensive mind. He's a smart guy. He's a really good play caller. We're going to find out how good a recruiter he really is at a place like Florida, and he's got a pretty good staff. So I'm anxious to see these wide receivers with Billy Gonzalez as a wide receiver coach, and we'll see what the defense looks like. But I I think it's going to – I think that we have a reason to be optimistic Yeah. and, and, and to be – after <laughs> what we've been through the last few years here and to have this many quarterbacks, that's a real joy. Look, I was just
1: in Boston, and they were really the, – the Bostonians were really bitching about – the really cold winter that they had this year, in March, and they and they were discussing how good it felt to have that warm weather again. I think that's what this is kind of going to feel like. It's like have, it's like the Gator, Gator Nation has gone through several really cold, like an ice age, almost, of of of, of no offense, of no coaching, of no leadership, uh, of just you know take your pick. Uh, and I think everyone's hopeful that this is this is going to be the difference. I mean. I don't want to discuss the other scenario currently because I, I'm I, I'm more about wanting to support the new regime, the new coaching staff, and what we're up against. And I I think in college football particularly, your fan base has got to support you in the beginning. It helps recruiting. It helps drive uh, everything. Uh, and uh, you know that's what I'm kind of about. We're going to see in fact let's, if how be...
5: real quick, comment. yeah, go ahead okay we're you're talking about but mullen isn't proven at the highest level Jim. well that spurrier guy came along and he had been the uh football coach at Duke, dook university and people said yeah but he's never coached in the southeastern conference he doesn't know what he's into yeah. right. along comes that urban guy okay he he comes along and Paul Feinbaum says, "Yeah, that worked at Utah, but if you think for one second that that trickery and that that spread
2: offense
5: is safe.
3: a funky offense, yeah,
5: you mean that? Well, good luck on my chest. We lose France." I'm still
3: okay. here. Okay. Um, yeah. So, all right, Francis. Good job tonight. Appreciate it very much. Great
1: job tonight,
3: Francis. We're gonna uh, you always wrap. bring your
1: A game when I'm on, Francis. I appreciate that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said a bad word, but.
5: Brendan, you're like Tebow. You you bring out the best of us.
1: I'm I'm not the leader. I'm I'm just a lover, Francis.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's good <laughs> to have him I, back. I know that. And a good response to, from the Gator Nation came tonight. Boy, you guys were great tonight. Yeah. Great questions, great comments. I love it. When the Crown Prince gets settled in, he's going to work out something to get the hotline going here. We yeah. haven't made that out yet, but we're working on it. it. takes a little, little time. We're changing the hours.
1: Say goodnight but, to the fans. Com- we look like we're losing this
3: connection. All right, Francis. Good Thanks night, buddy. Thanks very friends. much. Well, thank appreciate it. Thank you very much. It. Thanks good for me uh, a game as usual. Appreciate it. Franz Beard, everybody. All right, so I started 830 at 830 so I'm on overtime. Yeah, I don't
1: know. You never explained to me
3: why Well, because I want to get in, everybody. I had a lot of guests to get in today. Well, who? Well, I want to get in. We don't you know, have the, to be uh, so
1: close. That's right. Yeah, David,
3: David Bolton. Take Franz Beard's name down. It's not, not my name. Oh, man, um, I mean, you know. Uh, I wanted to say, uh, yeah, we'll work on that to the Gator <laughs> Nation Kingdom. Uh, so we'll take a minute or two and share with you folks a lot of things we going to what are the new hours? Well, we figured it out, Scott. Uh, we want to try to do mornings, ten thirty till eleven thirty or so. Uh, and we did two shows today. That's a little tough. There'll be a couple of days I got to do two shows. Got to do a show called Iron Town. So right now, according to the producer, I think we're going to continue to try to do either one or two shows Monday. The morning show we might do away with on Mondays and just do the late night daily daily on Mondays. Uh, the Tuesday morning show, you right? You know,
1: this is just a summer schedule.
3: Yeah, two, the morning. Well, we'll see how it goes.
1: Can I put up the cow?
3: Sure, uh, and just cover me right up. That's fine. Um, yeah,
1: hey, let's do a show like this.
3: Okay, good. That's a good picture of me. Uh, I'm answering a question and trying to tell the folks the hours as best we can because we haven't been very transparent.
1: Have some, have some dilly dilly.
3: The first one to complain about the schedule will be him, uh, and so. Tomorrow morning at 11.30 or 10.30, we're going to try to go again. we got guest schedule. Uh, here's a little surprise for you. You didn't know this. You didn't read your mail today. What? Next Tuesday morning. I got paid? No, you don't get paid yet. Uh, uh, next Tuesday morning, we're going to do a little virtual tour of James Bates' studio. What? By Skype. He's going to take us on a tour. Batesy, how about that? He's not
1: sane. Of course he's not sane. No, he's him so of, great. You know what? I did some. I did it's great some, but- dude. TV truck work with him yeah. in uh, Colorado, yeah. and he was doing Mountain West, and uh, he's awesome.
2: Yeah, he'd be great. Uh, he's an and, awesome dude. And listen, this, this awesome I got words
1: today.
3: Awesome that we are going to get Dan Mullen. What? Yes. On this show? On this show. Can, can I, I be on?
1: Or you're going to let me? Will oh. probably let me in the room. Uh, I don't. I don't
3: think he'd you appreciate your humor.
1: Yeah, I'm probably be not allowed to talk. Probably not. I can't ask a question.
3: Uh, Depends on your behavior.
1: Okay, if I get, can I ask the question that Gator Nation Kingdom wants to? Well, you can
3: tell us what they're asking. Uh, Mainly, I want to get him on. I don't don't know my name on here. I don't know. Well, put it up there. You took it over. What can I say? You came in here. Read
1: your thing. Oh, there's Brendan Martin. Ah, Jeez.
3: You put. You put your name up at the end. This
1: crappy font. Great, thanks. That's. You not
3: come in here and start ripping on my show.
1: Here you go. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I give up. That's better. That's better. Anyway, we'll let you know what it is. That's good.
3: That's uh, we're going to change it. to answer your question. Three right. things. I'm going to go to bed. Three
1: things.
3: Because uh, I didn't get a vacation. Three last things. Week, by, the uh, by the way, I was working all last oh, week. Okay. You said you're on vacation. You just the said weekend. It. Well, I did Okay. Well, anyway, so we'll get the morning show tomorrow. World of Beer on Wednesday night. Morning show Thursday. I want to put our town in there, and we will do a Friday morning show. No late night dilly dilly on Friday. Only Monday. We're gonna try that for the summer. We're planning to try to go to on the fifteenth to Atlanta for for media dates if we can. Other things to be announced along the way. Uh we're you guys going are to
1: be busy again without me.
3: I don't know. I have you not, and Baba? I can't I can't, best, Frank, I can't speak to for your you. Your best buddy. And we will do those shows and we're gonna do the hotline and I'm gonna have a drawing. These shoes right here will be among the things. I'll give mine away. Well, these have never been worn. Well, I wore mine like half a day. I didn't even wear mine. But here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, if you put that down, I can see. Um, I'm going to have a prize, several prize packages. Uh, I'm thinking about this now. So the elite, well, I want to put up, if you stop fooling with that, the elite names I'd like to put up because we're going to have a drawing once a month for them. Okay. And among those, we're going to give away packages like we might give away, we may we'll probably give away one package of, let's say this the shoes and a couple of books. We will give away some T-shirts and maybe some of the great CD Farms uh, beef, whatever, uh, and whatever goodies we, we find. We might have a ball, football or something, and we'll have a drawing among the elite names, and they'll get that prize. And how you like this idea? We're gonna have the whatever we call this the Dilly of the of the month. The best contributor, poster, comments, call-in, whatever of the month will give them a special award for their participation in contributing to the show because that in the end is what makes the show your contribution. I want to thank our guests tonight. Of course, our sponsors, our guests were.
1: Look, I got the, I got your graphics up.
3: Uh, thank you. Whew. Whew. Yeah, it's I know. There's our, there's, our, uh, there's our crew. There's the people that uh, paid the – where are you putting that?
1: They can see it fine. Oh, boy. They can't. they can't. Do you need to read it?
3: No. Here, I mean, go you ahead.
1: There you go. It's right there. Uh, yeah. There you go. It's right there. Read it up. There it is. I got it for you.
3: Uh, <clears throat> Roger Burns says, you got the B-boys coming. Bates, the coach, waiting for the buddy, Brendan, Brady, and Bradshaw show, he says. Wow. That would be something, right? Yeah. How are things in China, Roger? Uh, anyway, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to also... I don't know what I'm going to do. That's it. <laughs> Did you give up? Well, I've been doing this now. This is uh, two and a half hours on the air today. I'm a little it's your clutching. fault. You started early, not me. Well, got things to do. People are I want to talk to people. Thank you, folks, for doing a great job. Thank you for the comments on the show. Thank you for helping make it such a good show. Play. Nice crowd tonight. Good people. Say goodnight to each other. We're going to say hey, night nice again. to each other. Say, say goodnight you, to each other. In the late night dilly dilly, we want to say <laughs>
1: be kind to each other. Come on, bud. What is this like Mr. Rogers? Can you Danbury? just can you cheers me? Yeah. You're crazy. Just because you had a long day, we I look I was well, didn't I'm get into one distracted. In the
3: distracted Cheer. by
1: what? Dilly dilly. To the, here's to the Everywhere. to the elite. Everywhere. I got them up. I love you. Good night. I love you. Good night. And uh, be kind to each other. Come on. Be good to each other. I don't And gosh darn it, people like me.